You're listening to NGSC Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSCSports.com where you can get awesome analysis for all things sport. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, head to NGSC Sports' YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSC Sports and like us on Facebook. NGSC Sports. We never stop. that and then just do the look the crowd. You're, you're pretty much good. Oh, I'm sorry. That was for Ranger. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> oh, and I love Steph Curry. I love Steph Curry. I was like, wow, that's, that's a little much, even for him, kind of. And I was like, oh, that, that was his 403 pointer of the year. I was like, oh, oh, that's a record. Oh, no. Oh, that's embarrassing. <laughs> Oh, good God. Okay, I haven't really watched Golden State play. They're they're really good. Like, they're really, really good. I'm, wow. Like, I'm actually actually a little surprised. And, like, I knew they were good. I I, I really did. It wasn't like, I was like, "Eh, I don't believe the hype. No, I I really do. I, I, I believe they're great, but I didn't realize they were this good. Oh, oh, that was supposed to be a thing. Oh, poor Randy Whitman. Randy Whitman is gone. Washington was supposed to be so good. And then they fell apart, as they are wont to do. Which is also sort of what we do here on the A Foreign Affair podcast. Yay! So, if if you haven't guessed by now, by me just rambling on to myself about the Golden State Warriors as I watch their uh, their attempt to get the NBA record for most wins in a season, you might be thinking I've just gone insane, or that I killed Wes. Both of which could be true one day, um, but that is not this day. Uh, right now, um, I am Edward Green here on the Foreign Affair Podcast, episode one hundred and two. And we're bringing this here to you, I say we, me, myself, and I, uh, on the NGSC Sports Network. NGSC Sports, we never stop. Uh, Wes is actually out. Um, he is taking a little bit of a trip, so he uh, he's getting a little vacation time. Uh, and that's that's really awesome for him. Uh, I, thought, I thought tonight I would be uh, possibly joined by one named technical director Jackie. She is not able to make it. She is a very, very busy woman, uh, does a lot of great teaching, and uh, she is busy with that. So I will be holding down the fort by myself here on the Foreign Affair podcast this week. Um, so if, if you were looking at it and you're like, man, that seems like a kind of short episode, that's why. Because it's just me. Um, but we still have plenty to talk about, and we will talk about it. Uh, not maybe to the extent that you're used to here on the Foreign Affair podcast, but still, we will talk about because you know the Champions League kind of happened and things got nuts. Uh, so we'll talk about that. We'll of course also talk about the Premier League. Uh, we have to review, preview, uh, re-preview the Europa League. Uh, we of course because we tape on Wednesday nights, uh, we don't yet know what happens on Thursday in the Europa League. By the time you listen to this podcast, you probably do, but we still want to talk about it. Uh, we also do have to talk about the FA Cup. Cup, cup. Uh, we'll discuss the uh, the replay between Manchester United and West Ham, and uh, we'll get to some news and notes and some other big stories of the week. We'll also probably do watch for... I don't know that we'll do so raw this week. <laughs> Sorry, Wes. I did not watch uh, Monday Night Raw. I, I heard it was good. I heard it was good. So things happened, 
and I am sure uh, when Wes comes back from vacay, he will uh, he will be very ready to talk about what is going on in the world. Uh, apparently, Shane McMahon is still running Raw, even though he lost to the Undertaker. WrestleMania, it's very confusing. It's a very mysterious Jogo of a WrestleMania uh, that is going on right now in the WWE, but like I said, that will be probably skipped over a little bit, uh, and we'll talk about that more next week. So first, to the football, though, as we do need to talk about the Premier League weekend, and it is it is, it is a bit odd that, you know, we've, like I, I kind of mentioned this last week, it is a bit odd oh, that's such a crazy season. And, you know, this is a, a season that has seen, you know, Everton and Liverpool basically be involved in some of the craziest games. You know, you're going to go back to, you know, Liverpool 5, Norwich 4. Uh, you can go back to the Everton-Bournemouth match, you know, when, when it looked like Everton had won it at the absolute death. But there was still life in Bournemouth, and they came back just moments later to uh, to get a point. Um, there's been a lot of bonkersness, of course, the Leicester story. Uh, Tottenham also playing very well, and it's it's just a little odd that in this crazy of a Premier League season, we may actually have a fairly boring run up for the title here. It looks like Leicester is gonna still do it. Um, and they're not even going to be bothered with it. But uh, but there are still five matches on their docket left. Some teams have six, some teams have seven. So without further ado, let us get to the results from this past weekend. Uh, easily match of the weekend uh, was West Ham 3, or as I should say, Begande, Andy Carroll 3, Arsenal 3. That's right, it was a hat-trick for Andy Carroll on the day uh, as uh Arsenal took a 2-0 lead at the bowling ground early on in the first half, but in the span of about 10 minutes on either side of the halftime break, Andy Carroll imposed his will very well, and uh, he was a force inside the box as he is wont to be in camp with three huge goals for West Ham. But uh, the the three points were not to be theirs as Laurent Koscielny tied it up for Arsenal in the 70th minute. Uh, the second time this season, Arsenal has let a lead go and come back late to try and rescue a point. How important will that point be later on this season? We will have to see. Of course, they also did it against Tottenham in the uh, the White Hart Lane fixture. And, uh, and they do it to West Ham here. So that's two very impressive road points for Arsenal obviously if they wanted to try and chase for the title they needed all three but that was a big point in terms of staying up in the race for the top three elsewhere it was Villa 1 Bournemouth 2 uh cherries are staying up Villa aren't and and that's about how that match went uh the cherries Bournemouth have been fantastic to watch all year uh they've gotten blown out in some games and they've won some games that maybe they shouldn't have, but uh, they, they've been very solid this year, and it'll be uh, very fun to see them in for a second season in the Premier League. Not not guaranteed safety yet, not guaranteed, uh, but it, it would take an absolute collapse as well as Sunderland and Newcastle going crazy and collecting points everywhere to knock out Bournemouth. <laughs> team that is you know slightly less safe uh but took a step towards that safety crystal palace won norwich nil uh crystal palace's first win in this 2016 season um since the turn of the calendar this is their first win in the premier league um of course we talked about last week started off very well last season not last season last year in this season, uh, they were my pick again to finish seventh and really challenge for a European spot, and it looked like they were going to, and then they just fell off a cliff. Uh, but they do right the ship a little bit, Alan Pardew's men do, and they get a point, uh, uh, three points against Norwich. Uh, Norwich, which looked like it was starting to kind of push towards safety, unfortunately, take a bit of a step back, uh, but they are still right now, I believe, just outside the danger zone, yes. Um, elsewhere, Southampton 3, Newcastle 1. They are a team that's not outside the danger zone, are Newcastle. They look now for all the world like they're going down. I mean, you see Aston Villa and you see Newcastle. You see a couple teams that, quite frankly, have just given up. Um, and that that's very disappointing for the very good fan base of Newcastle. But 
that's just what's happening right now. Good win for Southampton. Pretty easy win for Southampton. Uh, maybe one of the more surprising results on the weekend. Swansea won Chelsea nil. Uh, that's the first loss. We talked about one of the first wins for Crystal Palace in 2016. That's the first Chelsea loss in the Premier League under Goose Hiddink since he took over for Josie um, earlier this season. Uh, so he had been having Chelsea going in very much the right direction. But unfortunately, his unbeaten run as Chelsea caretaker comes to an end. Uh, having quietly another good season for Swansea, had the winner in the 25th minute. And that was enough to do in Chelsea. And a couple more matches. Watford won. Everton won. They split the spoils um, at the uh, Vicarage Road. And in the late game, it was Manchester City 2, West Brom 1. West Brom actually had the lead, and it took a Man City comeback. Dare I say, after, after that result and the result this week, are Manchester City starting to find a little bit of steel to them? Hmm. Uh, Stefan Sessegnon uh, started the scoring in the sixth minute. All oh, these S's uh, for West Brom. Sergio Aguero leveled things in the 19th minute with a penalty. Um... Don't talk to him about that midweek penalty, though. And uh, Samir Nasri. Samir Nasri, he's still alive and still very blonde. He won it in the 66th for Sita. So a huge win there, trying to uh, keep themselves in the top four. Because, you know, Pep's not going to want to be coaching in Europa next year. So big win for the citizens. On Sunday, you had uh, Sunderland nil, Leicester 2. Uh, Leicester looked for all the world. Like uh, they're just going to run away with this thing. And that's what they're doing. They had a string of 1-0 victories. And now they get a 2-0 victory. I uh, thought maybe Sunderland had a chance there. <sighs> Another couple missed opportunities. And it's just it's looking more and more like it's it's Leicester season. They're going to catch every break from here on out. Uh, elsewhere at Liverpool 4. Stoke 1. Big result for Liverpool uh, against a team that, you know, this time last year absolutely destroyed Liverpool, but uh, they get a big win on this day at Anfield against the Potters. Uh, some of the young guys starting to step up for Liverpool. Uh, Origi with the brace. Sturridge still healthy. He scored in the 32nd minute. And actually everything got started off by Alberto Moreno in the 8th. Uh, Bojan actually had an equalizer in the 22nd, but the other three Liverpool goals followed, and they took home three points. Uh, you can really see what Jurgen Klopp is doing for that side. Uh, and then Tottenham 3, Manchester United 0. Uh, in a span of 5 minutes and 45 seconds, Tottenham put the game away. Uh, it was a 0-0 match for the first hour plus. And then Tottenham in the span of, like we said, just under 6 minutes absolutely eviscerated United. Um, United unfortunately lost their services of easily their best defenders of player of the day, Timothy Fosomensa. Uh, he had to leave because of an injury. Uh, was not too serious. He did come back for the FA Cup fixture in the midweek. But as soon as he came out, Matteo Darmian came in, and pretty much that's when the scoring started. Dele Alli got it started in the 70th, uh, Alderweireld in the 74th, and Lamella in the 76th. Uh, Christian Eriksen with uh, with a couple of setups. He only gets credit. Um, actually, he only got credit with one assist. Uh, very instrumental in that second game. Uh, or, sorry, the Lamella goal as well. Uh, did not get credit for that one though. Eric Lamella also with a good game, though, with a goal and an assist. Uh, so a huge win for Tottenham, keeping them just seven back of Leicester. It's a lot to make up, though, in five matches. But it does keep Manchester United at bay and tries to firm up Tottenham's Champions League spot going into the next season. So that is your uh, Premier League fixtures. Oh, oh. Was there a midweek fixture? Oh, there was. Uh, but nobody cares because it was a nil-nil draw. Uh, it finished Crystal Palace nil, Everton nil. Um, and that's really all there is to say about that. Uh, both goalkeepers did very well. Wayne Hennessy for Palace. Uh, Joel Robles for Everton trying to keep uh, all the shots out. Palace had 18 shots, 6 on goal. Everton had 9 shots, 5 on goal. But no one could find the back of the net. And it's a point for each team. And for Palace, 
that's pretty much all they needed is they're trying to just maintain safety here the last little bit. Uh, now that we have uh, gone through, I keep saying we, I'm just so used to it. I'm sorry, folks. Uh, as we have gone through this past weekend's Premier League fixtures, do want to let you guys know what's coming up this weekend uh, because it's pretty much from here on out every weekend and some midweeks, uh, it's going to be coming at you here. On Saturday, you have a pick of six matches starting at 7.45 a.m. You get Norwich v. Sunderland. Um, if Sunderland wins, we got a relegation battle. If Norwich wins, we might have our three relegated teams. Um, at 10 a.m., Everton hosts Southampton. At 10 a.m., also uh, United will be hosting Villa. Uh, Newcastle gets Swansea, and West Brom gets Watford. And at 12.30, what is becoming a bit of an interesting match now, Chelsea will be hosting Manchester City at Stamford Bridge. Um, of course, City looks has looked very good this past week. Chelsea looking to get back to winning ways. They've had some wins at home. Can they get one against City? Can they push the pressure back onto City and try to finish in that top four? On Sunday, you have Bournemouth-Liverpool at 8.30, as well as Leicester-West Ham. That could be a very, very big match. Um, and at 11, you have Arsenal versus Crystal Palace. And on Monday at 3 p.m., uh, Tottenham visits Stoke. Uh, they will have known Leicester's result against West Ham on Sunday, uh, when practically the title race could be over by that point. Uh, or... You never know. Tottenham might be playing to get within four. So, but we will see. You thought that was it? Oh, no, my friend. Oh, no, 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 no. Tuesday, Newcastle versus Manchester City on 2.45 p.m. On Wednesday, three matches. we got to make up those FA Cup match matches that we missed. On Wednesday, West Ham versus Watford at 2.45, followed by Liverpool, Everton, and Manchester United, Crystal Palace at 3. Crystal Palace is in an absolute leap brutal stretch right now um so we'll be have been able to talk about those and then on thursday arsenal faces west brom but we'll mention that again um when we get there and of course then it'll be the next weekend's fixtures uh but that will be close to getting everybody about uh on equal footing in the table in terms of matches played speaking of that table Right now, again, Leicester still leads with 72 points. Tottenham are trying to catch up with 65. Arsenal are at 59 with a match in hand. Uh, City, same, 57 points. Uh, and United are in fifth with 53. West Ham just on the outside with 52. And Southampton, although they are at 33 matches, they do have 50 points. Um Again, you could maybe say Liverpool is still in it. Uh, they've only played 31 matches, so they have... Uh, a match in hand on most of those teams fighting for those Champions League and Europa spots. Um, they are at 48 points. If you could give them a win and put them at 51, things would get interesting. Can't guarantee that win, uh, but, but that is out there for them, that they do have some matches to make up. And at the bottom of your heart, the relegation zone. Uh, Palace right now are 11 points clear. Uh, along with Watford, so it does look like both of them are going to be staying up. Norwich, four points clear of Sunderland. And of course, again, those two teams play this Saturday. Uh, Norwich is at 31 points, Sunderland at 27, Newcastle at 25, and Aston Villa at 16. So Newcastle isn't done yet, but right now... It's just hard to see where they're going to get enough points to catch Norwich. Um, and, and that's really the issue for them. Um, do they have the quality? Does Rafa have it in him to will this team out of the relegation zone? Um, as for Villa, they are 15 points adrift of Norwich. Um, they must win out. Um and and basically have to jump everybody. So if, if they do not win, if they if they do not win, a result does them no good if they don't win. If they do not win, they are relegated officially. So that's what's on the line for Villa this weekend. Um, so that will take us now into the champions. These are the champions. It's the Champions League. 
Oh, and what a crazy Champions League it was. We thought we knew things. No, we didn't. We really didn't. And not only that, every match ended 3-2 on the aggregate. Yeah, all four matches in the quarterfinals, 3-2 aggregate. Your winners were uh, Real Madrid 3-2 over Wolfsburg. 3-0 in the second leg, Cristiano Ronaldo with all three goals. Uh, he did mention the uh, after the match, you know, how are my stats now? And I would say to him, well, if your stats were great in this game, why weren't they great in the first leg against Wolfsburg? Why didn't you score then? Just saying, you don't, you don't, you don't get to be all. Oh, look at me! Oh, Matthew, look at me! Uh, when you score a hat trick and get mad at your coach when he calls you out when you can't score in the first leg. So, uh, to Real Madrid, you still suck. Um, but they will be moving on to the quarterfinals. Back to my professional voice. Uh, Bayern Munich three, Benfica two. It looked like we were going to have a very interesting one uh, in uh, Portugal today. Unfortunately, Bayern uh, did take a little bit out of it. Uh, Arturo Vidal, who scored in the first leg, scored in the second leg as well. Um, but first, it was Raul Jimenez who scored for Benfica after what is becoming a, I don't want to say common, but Manuel Neuer, I think, sometimes thinks he can get to balls that maybe he can't. And that's what led to Jimenez getting a clear header on goal after Neuer just completely whiffed on die on a dive punch trying to clear a, a a shot into the box um and that actually made it 1-1 but uh, like we said Arturo Vidal with an absolute rocket in the 38th minute he gave Bayern what would have been an almost unbreakable advantage at that point uh getting that away goal and then uh, Thomas Mueller pretty much put the match away in the 52nd minute. That made it 3-1 on aggregate. Uh, Benfica did get an extra goal by Talisca in the 76th, uh, but they still would have needed two more because of the away goal tiebreaker. They would not have been able to to simply send it into uh, extra time um, by by bringing it level on aggregate. Um, so 3-3 wouldn't have cut it. They would have had to have won the aggregate outright. Uh, and they just weren't up to the task. But for Benfica, a solid quarter final uh, result. Uh, unfortunately, no trip to the semifinal this year for the Portuguese side. You know, as we talk about this next one, sometimes we probably sound like idiots. Like sometimes we are really, really dumb. And sometimes I feel like we actually sort of know what we're talking about. Case in point. Atletico Madrid 3, Barcelona 2. That's right. The team we thought was going to win seven trophies just, I don't know, two weeks ago. They're out. They're done. And that's how quickly this can turn. Uh, after they won the first leg 2-1 last week, Atletico Madrid at the Cauldron, the Vicente Calderon in Madrid, gets a brace by Antoine Griezmann. Uh, a goal in the 36th minute, and then a penalty in the 88th to seal the win for Atletico. Uh, Barcelona, of course, did have a penalty shout and, quite frankly, deserved it. Um, a, a handball in the box in stoppage time late in the game that was not called absolutely should have been. Um, and unfortunately for them, it wasn't. And, and, and that would have sent it into uh, extra time um, because it would have been 3-3 and both teams would have had one away goal. So you hate to see it end like that. Barcelona absolutely jobbed on that call. But I'll say this, if you're Barcelona, you, you can't leave it to that. You absolutely cannot. And hats off and a standing ovation for Atletico Madrid. You know, I saw some tweets about it. That's that's a coach, Diego Simeon, how this man was not pursued harder by Premier League teams this year. And maybe he was uh, uh, gone after super hard, and we just didn't know. Um, but that, that, is, that is a coach. That is a coach right there. And, and you've got to wonder, um, could Pep have done this kind of job with Atletico? Um, not to say 
Atletico doesn't have good players. I mean, Antoine Griezmann is a special is a special special talent, and you have other players like uh, Lucas Hernandez, Juan Fran, and Koke alongside him. But when you just look at Barcelona and what they put out there, they they had to absolutely perfectly execute their game plan, and they did. And that that is, I think, in large part to Diego Simeon. But as we said, who was the one team we saw that could probably beat Barcelona in this quarterfinal? Who was the one team that could get drawn against? It was Atletico. Because, because they were the one team that would probably be solid enough defensively to not give up 18 goals against, you know, as I like to call them, SNM up top. Um, Messi really did not have a good game. Nobody really up top had a good game for Barcelona, and, and they are done. They are done. Atletico Madrid marches on. And uh, finally, this one just this one just makes me sad. This, this one makes me very sad for just one reason and one reason only. <sighs> Manchester City 3-2 on aggregate over Paris Saint-Germain. Kevin De Bruyne with the tie winner in the 76th minute. It was 2-2. And of course, uh, PSG were probably going to have to win the tie outright after City got a pair of away goals last week. Um... I will also say this, uh, City, or sorry, uh, PSG really didn't attack with a whole lot of impetus, excuse me, impetus, it's very late here, Uh, they didn't attack with a lot of impetus, and and I was shocked actually by that, Um, you know, they they had 62% of the possession and, and just not a lot going for them, a couple chances late on, but uh, and of course, there was the these Latin disallowed goal. Um, we can also talk about how Aguero may have kind of been offsides on the De Bruyne goal. Um, based on how they're kind of calling that rule this year, I kind of thought he was. Uh, while he did not, now that now you could say that he did not actually make an attempt on the ball as the shot was coming through. De Bruyne shot from outside the box. Uh, Aguero was in an offside position, let it kind of go by him and into the net now if he had i guess reached out a foot you could have called it off sides it was very very close um but i guess they did judge that he did not actually become involved with the play um and so that was why that was allowed to stand of course there was there was a lot of uh complaining after the match from the PSG side this was seen as you know one of their best teams you know Angel Di Maria comes in and really solidified this side and you know with with Le Un already run with with you know you still have your domestic cups but nothing less than a a deep deep Champions League run would have done it for PSG this year they did not get it and um and their their uh Champions League campaign ends here was that the final Champions League campaign for Zlatan? Was it the final Champions League campaign for him at PSG? What happens to this PSG team now? This is going to be a very interesting summer for PSG. You expect them to be able to reload, but how are they going to reload? How are they going to replace their fire their their firepower? Excuse me. Um, then again, I think anything over Edison Cavani will be a very big improvement. Um, you're you're not good. Um, but City, for again as much shit as I have given them this year, and for you think I'm getting soft on them, deservedly so. They have deserved all of the shit I have given them this year. This is why. This is why I give you shit, City, because I know what you're capable of. I know it. You know, West comes in here, and I and I don't maybe disagree with him, and he says, "Oh, they're not having good players, and maybe they're just not that great." I'm like, no. No, this is a city team when it's clicking and they have they have confidence and belief and it looks like they care. This is a city team that can, I think, play with anybody. I'm not gonna say beat anybody, but they can play with anybody. Um, can they maintain this over two legs? You know, we can now go to uh, your your semifinals. We don't have your semifinal matchups yet. That draw is Friday morning, uh, but it's city. Bayern, Atletico, and Real. 
City can play with all three of those teams. If they play like they did, that second leg against PSG, even part of the first leg, if they play with that kind of steel and resolve, they can hang in there with any of these. And it wouldn't shock me if they play that well. Now, if they play that well over two legs, that would shock me. But if they do play that well, it would not shock me to see them advance to the Champions League final. I'm not going to pick them because I don't think they can do it over two legs. But if they do, they could beat Bayern. They could beat Real. I don't know that they can beat Atletico. I don't know that even at their best if they can beat Atletico. Not the way Madrid can game plan. Um, but City right now, if, if they if they play with that kind of spirit... There is no team they should fear getting drawn against on Friday morning. Um, do I expect them to go to the final? No. No, I do not. Because I do not believe... I know I just gave them all this praise. I do not believe they can put it together for two legs against one of these three teams. I don't. Um, were were this were it, were it one game the rest of the way, I actually wouldn't mind City's chances. Um... But but in a two-leg tie, I don't know if City can muster it up uh, enough to beat one of these three. Basically, these are three of the best five teams in Europe, um, along with uh, still Barca and Dortmund. Um, Juventus is right there, too. Um, which, again, you remember when Perrin and Juventus played in the fucking first knockout round? Christ. I mean, again, and that, you know, not to take anything away from City because they earned that win. It just kind of shows you how the draw works and, and who you get drawn against is huge in the Champions League. Um, but again, semifinal draw this Friday morning. First legs will be played the week of April 26th as and the second legs will be played the week after. Uh, that will be the first week in May. And then the final will be May 28th in the San Siro in Milan, Italy. Um, who will be in there? Um, I, I got to be honest, We depending on the draw, of course, we could be looking at a rematch from a couple years ago with Atleti versus Real. Um, I'm sure Atleti would love some payback against Real for that. Um, I, I don't even know who I'd see as a favorite right now. I, I, I think the favorite is Bairn. But Atletico's performance was just damn impressive. I think Bayern's better, but Atletico can just game plan and they will grind you down. And I still think Bayern is just a little suspect in the back. That Atletico could totally get a 1-0 win in the Allianz if that was the matchup. Um, But we are going to have a very good semifinal. Um, I'm a little disappointed Barcelona is not going to be there, but... Great, great job by Atletico again. Great, phenomenal job by that team and Diego Simeone. Um, so now on to your Europa League review preview. Um, they are also in the quarterfinals. Your results from last week, all uh, all, all seeing goals. That's always good to see in the Europa League. Um, Shakhtar Donetsk is taking a 2-1 league uh, lead against Braga. Uh, Villarreal beat Sparta Prague 2-1. Sevilla playing in their favorite tournament via Athletic Bilbao 2-1. And Dortmund drew Liverpool 1-1 uh, in Dortmund. And I, I, will, I will talk... I, Wes and I talked a little bit about this um, after the match on Thursday. And, and you got to think, you know, if, you, if you're a Liverpool fan, and he is one, if, if you tell them... Uh, before the match, hey, you're going to go into Dortmund, you're going to come out with 1-1 draw. Every Liverpool supporter would take that every day of the week and twice on Sundays. But Liverpool could have come out of that match 2-1, maybe even 3-1. I worry. Because again, in context, in context, again, as we said, Dortmund is phenomenal. In context, Liverpool may rue that they did not score more goals against Dortmund. Because, I mean, could you imagine them taking a 2-1 lead back to Anfield? 
I mean, they, again, a nil-nil draw wins it for them. Losing 1-0 wins it for them. Um, so to not have that is, is, is I think, disappointing. You know, can you be... Can you be disappointed and ecstatic with the result at the same time? Because, again, in a vacuum, Liverpool getting a 1-1 draw in Dortmund is great. But when you think about the chances they had to not get one or two more of those in, it, 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 would, be very, it would be a little frustrating to me uh, as, a, as a Liverpool supporter. Um, goals by Origi and Mats Hummels in that match. Origi on a bit of a scoring spree, as you can tell. Um Weidenfeller for Dortmund, though, man of the match. Uh, Roman Weidenfeller had, was absolutely phenomenal and is the reason it's still 1-1. Um, just unbelievable saves uh, to keep Liverpool out. Um, but again, you know, Liverpool now, now all they need to do is, is just keep the pressure on Dortmund because Dortmund are forced to win this tournament. You know, with all due respect to Sevilla, who have won it, I think, 84 straight times, Dortmund are supposed to win this tournament now at this point. And if they don't, I think that would be a huge upset. Um, but again, you probably know the result of that. Uh, that was at Anfield today. Um, we'll be, of course, be talking about that next, more next week when Wes is back. Uh, their semifinals are played the same week as the Champions League semifinals. The uh, Europa League final is about, a, about 10 days before the Champions League finals. And that'll be at St. Jacob Park in Basel, Switzerland. Um, on to the FA Cup. And uh, we, we are finally done, finally done with the sixth round proper, or as we call it, the, uh, the, final, uh, the final eight teams, the quarterfinals. Uh, we had the replay between West Ham and Manchester United, and Manchester United wins 2-1. Marcus Rashford and Marwan Fellaini with goals in the 54th and 67th minutes, respectively. Uh, thought we might have a grandstand finish on our hands, and we did. James Tompkins, uh, proper English footballer right there. Uh, James Tompkins um, with uh, bringing West Ham back within one in the 79th. And uh, they had a couple nervy moments out there at the end. Uh, West Ham had a few free kicks, could not put one in. And that's how the, uh, the final boiling ground uh, FA Cup match goes. Um, be prepared. Prepare yourselves, folks. There's a lot of final boiling ground moments coming up. You will be sick of it very shortly. Um, so that is our, our semifinals are set for Wembley now. Uh, Everton will be playing Manchester United. And Crystal Palace will play Watford. Um, and it is looking very likely now that whoever wins this will be getting that Europa League spot. Um, I guess if United go through and win it all and they finish fifth, um, they'll have to they'll have to redo that. But right now it looks like that, that Europa League spot is going to a team that will not otherwise qualify for it. Um, so that those are the matches. 23rd of April for Everton United and the 24th of April for Palace Watford. So in about two weeks' time, those four teams will be playing at Wembley. Um, and if I'm being quite honest, I kind of like Watford. I, I just, I don't know. I kind of like Watford to go on. Maybe, I mean, could you imagine United winning the FA Cup and that's why they keep Van Gaal? I mean, that would be delicious and I would love it. But I just... I, I, I kind of like Watford. I kind of like Watford going forward. I think they can beat Palace, um, and, and I think they could beat either Everton or United. You know, they they just drew with Everton this past weekend, one one. They can't draw in the final, so um, I I think they can do it. I'm, I'm actually going to throw my lot for Watford right now and uh, have them win a trophy in their first year back in the Premier League. That'd be pretty impressive. So that is our uh, match recaps. Um, Quickly now to some news and notes here. Uh, the and I and I will preface this: these are stories we would talk about more if Wes were here. Uh, so we're just kind of being hitting the highlights right now. Uh, Zlatan has been uh, accused by Swedish doctor Ulf Karlsson over doping allegations. So what does Zlatan do? He's going to sue him because that's bullshit. You don't you don't say that. Uh, this this Dr. Carlson, if he's even really a doctor, I don't buy it, uh, says uh, 
in, in the Sport Bladet. Uh, Zlatan put on 10 kilos in 6 months during his time at Juventus. I think he was doping. That's how it seems to me. Oh. Oh, you and your evidence. The fact that he put on 10 kilos, whatever that is. Kilos, please. We're in America. You use pounds. Um, he says, it's impossible to do that in such a short space of time. My friend. Nothing is impossible for Zlatan. And I hope he takes you for every penny you have. Throwing around such baseless accusations. Literally baseless. You, you are basing them on nothing other than conjecture. So, go fuck yourself. That's all I have to say. Just go fuck yourself. Um, elsewhere. Um, another person I, I kind of want to tell for him to go fuck himself, uh, unfortunately, is Teddy Sheridan. Who, who who is pushing for Harry Kane to make a move this summer, either to United or Real Madrid, or whoever we're talking about, according to him. Um, he says that, and I just, I don't know why he would leave. For United, he's, he would be obviously their lead striker. He'd be on a quote-unquote bigger club, if you still believe Louis van Gaal. Um... And obviously, in terms of marketing and, and, and revenue, yeah, they're a bigger club. But Tottenham most likely are going to finish with a Champions League spot this year, and United are not. And over the next few years, it looks like Tottenham have really put something together here. I, I don't know why you'd abandon that. And and Kane doesn't really seem like somebody who needs to chase money. So I, I just don't see him leaving. As for Madrid, Why? Unless either Ronaldo or Bale leaves, which we keep hearing rumors about every five seconds. But do you really want to go play for that? Like, I know Bale did, but... And Modric. I just I just don't see King doing it. I, I really don't. Um, and it, and part of it is because I think he's not as good as, as, uh, as Bale. And that's not a slap in the face, because... There's not many people that are actually as good. We've, I think we forget this sometimes. There's not that many better players than Gareth Bale at that position. Um, but Harry Kane is really good, but he's not as good as Gareth Bale. Gareth Bale's amazing. Harry Kane is really good. He's really good and having another fantastic season. So to those who all said he was a one-season wonder, you can fuck right off. Uh, you have been proven very wrong. Um... But Tottenham, I, I think Tottenham are going to do everything in their power to keep him. I don't think they'd sell him. I think they've kind of gotten out of that. I think this summer will be more about trying to find Champions League pieces that they can slot in and keep this core intact. I just, I I don't see them moving Kane. I, I really, really don't. I, I would hate to, you know, in three months be proven wrong, but I just don't think I will be. I, I don't see Kane leaving, and I don't think... With the new stadium coming and all that revenue coming, with the with a uh, rumored Nike deal, if that goes through, Tottenham's not hurting for money. They don't need to sell him, and and really, I think even more than Bale, I think this would engender a lot of bad will. Just when the club is starting to get a lot of goodwill for this young, exciting group they have, so I just, and I, I just, I think it's stupid. I think it's stupid, quite frankly. Um. You play in the Premier League, and you get to play in the Champions League, and you will have all the exposure you want. And if you make another title run next year, and hell, even win the title next year, Harry Kane's going to get all the publicity he could ask for. So he doesn't have to go to United to do that. He doesn't have to go prostrate at the, at the altar of Real Madrid to do that. He can do it just fine at Tottenham Hotspur. Thank you very much, Teddy Sheringham. Um... Sad news. Um, we, we've joked a lot about you know Liverpool players getting hurt this year and then Daniel Sturridge being the key one. Um, unfortunately, Jordan Henderson picked up a knock in that Dortmund match and he will be missing the rest of Liverpool's season. Um, this is a guy who some of the fans don't love. Wet West, you know, is pretty big on him, but a lot of the fans don't love him, and this isn't going to help. So hopefully, he'll be able to come back. Um, 
Uh, he's also maybe out for Euro 2016. Maybe not as big a factor in Euro 2016, but still uh, oh, another one of those good young players England would have been counting on. Um, and it, it does look like it is going to be... Um, it is a leg injury, and uh, unfortunately, it's just it's just uh, it's a knee injury. I'm sorry, Lig- uh, knee ligament damage, and um, so we'll see. Uh, who knows if he'll even be ready for the start of next season? Um, tough, tough injury for Jordan Henderson. Um, speaking of uh, Tottenham players, maybe getting new deals though, uh, and trying to not leave uh, Maurizio Pochettino is you know getting a lot of looks now uh, Manchester United and Real Madrid again and also Chelsea uh, of course that's probably not going to happen now uh, as they've they've picked up Antonio Conte uh, but Spurs are look like they're going to offer him a new contract uh, it's going to be about a 27 and a half million pound deal uh, with some with some performance incentives such as if you win the champ if you win the title next season you get a Brinks truck backed up to your house um, so hopefully Pochettino will be staying in Tottenham for a very long time um one of the one of the last bits of news here um, Kareem Benzema will not be playing for France uh, he's still in, he, he was, he was sort of had the door open for him to play for France in Euro 2016 with, uh, with all the, the controversy going on about the, the sex tape with, from Matthew Valbuena. Um, but Didier Descamps, the French coach has told them that he will not be picked. So, uh, the French, French national team will be hosting Euro 2016 and will be without the services of one Kareem Benzema, but don't feel bad. Uh, they still have uh, Antoine Griezmann, who we mentioned today, and the always dangerous Anthony Martial, which if we want to talk about that uh, Tottenham United match, one of the only good players in attack was Anthony Martial. Had their only good chance, um, did Anthony Martial. So that's uh, that's what we'll have to see. So, But uh, no Benzema and Euro 2016. Um, finally, um, we, we can report here that um, Palermo in Serie A have sacked their coach David Ballardini um, has been sacked by Palermo now you're thinking Edward why are you reporting on the sacking of an a manager of an 18th place team in Serie A I'll tell you my friend because whoever follows Ballardini uh, I'm sorry uh, I'm sorry, not Ballardini. That was Ballardini is the one replacing him. The original one is Walter Novellino. So, what about this is so shocking? Well, Walter Novellino was brought in to replace Giuseppe Aicini. Aicini was brought in to replace Giovanni Bossi. Bossi was brought in to replace Giovanni Tedesco. Tedesco was brought in to replace Fabio Vivani. Vivani was brought in to place. David Ballardini, yes, we didn't mention his name before, Ballardini was brought in to replace Giuseppe Iaccini. What the hell is going on at Palermo? Somebody please tell me why they're about to be on their eighth manager in one season. Please Please, someone tell me. They're their eighth manager in one season. Since January 11th, this is their first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth manager. This is the sixth manager since January 11th. A span of three months. They've had six managers. That's Mexican national team levels of switching managers. What the hell is going on in Palermo? Jesus. You deserve to get relegated for that. Christ. Anyway, ah, um, uh, we did have another big story of the week, and uh, I I can sum it up pretty shortly here. Um, the uh, we were going to talk about this last week, and then we didn't. Um, Tyler Summit, uh, as you've probably heard by now, the uh, the son of legendary women's basketball coach in college, Pat Summit, uh, has resigned from the Louisiana Tech women's basketball program um, due to inappropriate relations. Um, it looks like he had relations with one of his players. 
that's, you know, a terrible, horrible story. It's not what we're going to talk about with this story, though, right now. Um, it's come out that, and this is a, in a story by uh, Sports Illustrated, that Louisiana Tech is not going to be uh, is not going to allow at the moment players to be released from their commitment uh, to Louisiana Tech, and may also block transfers. Um, the news comes out that uh, one of their recruits, Jada Roper, has not yet been released from her commitment. She, you know, we we have some quotes here from her, um, from her mother. Quote in the article: What bond we built up in two and a half years is gone, and now we have three months to find another home. Jada wanted to go to Louisiana Tech because of Tyler Summit and the staff. Don't punish my daughter on the account of his improprieties, and that's something that I find the NCAA and its schools do a a fuck ton, and it's very disappointing. Um, coaches can pretty much go and leave whenever they please, wherever they please, but players, it's like. And we, we've talked about it on this podcast before. We've talked about instances of this. Get it right, NCAA. Get it right, Louisiana Tech. Uh, you may be waiting for a new coach. Uh, it says, um, father of another redshirt freshman, Anna McLeod, uh, says the university does not plan to grant a release to a player until a new coach is set in place. That's just, that's garbage. I'm sorry, that's absolute garbage. If a player was going was brought in by a coach and that coach no longer is there then that player should have the right to leave and they should also have the right to what I would call a free transfer don't have to sit out a year you shouldn't because you have 4 years in college basically so you want to know what coach you're playing for for those 4 years if that coach leaves then that's one of the biggest reasons you went to the school don't even get me started on fucking Ben Simmons if he's not there or if she's not there anymore, then you should have every right to leave as well. And and if you can't deal with that as a program, if you can't deal with that as the NCAA, bugger off. Just just bugger right off. That's what I say. Um, I just God, that, that just really bothers me, and and it's disappointing. Um, Summit resigned because of something he did wrong. It's not because he was old and he retired. It's not due to medical reasons. He fucked up, literally almost. And these girls should not be made to pay the price, as they said in the quotes, because of what he did. That's that's bullshit, Louisiana Tech. Get it right. <sighs> so that'll do it for that. Um, so uh, that's about it. Uh, what am I watching? We're in the we're in the watch four now as we we speed along here. As it's just me here, Edward Green here on the A Foreign Affair podcast. Um, no West Bradshaw this week. Um, what am I watching? What am I watching? Oh oh, I still haven't gotten to watch Kisniver. Um, I will get to watch that this weekend, and I am very excited about that. I have heard rave reviews about it, and I'm so excited. Uh, I watched. I did watch the trailer for Doctor Strange. Um, that looks like a fun time. That that looks like a really, really fun time. Uh, Bumberdick uh, Cumbersnatch looks really good as Doctor Strange. Benedict Cumberbatch, I love you, Benedict. Um, looks very good as Doctor Strange, and it looks like a very interesting movie, um, as, as we saw from the teaser trailer, the almost two-minute teaser trailer. Um, looks, looks very interesting. Um, uh, also have already heard a lot of good reviews about Captain America Civil War, and that makes me so happy that we don't have the shit fest of Batman versus Superman. So thank you, Marvel, for putting out at least average movies and your, your ceiling is beyond reach right now. You did a great job. Um... So that'll about do it here on the Foreign Affair podcast. I can report here as I record this at 12.55 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, in the next 30 seconds, the NBA will have a new team with the most wins in one season, and that is the Golden State Warriors. They are about to beat the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, the only thing that's left to decide is the final score, and it looks like it is going to be 125 to 104 73 wins for the golden state warriors um 
whether they win the NBA title or not, you know, if, if people want to bitch and give their hot takes, if they go out and, and should Steve Kerr have gone for it, should the team have gone for it, yes. Yes, you do not pass up an opportunity for history. So, congratulations to the Golden State Warriors, Steve Kerr coming back after not even starting on the bench this season to coach this team. Steph Curry setting a record uh, with over 403 pointers um, this season. This is an amazing team. God, that Western Finals better be San Antonio Golden State, and it better fucking go seven games. I will I will tune in for that. Yes, I will. But again, tonight, the night belongs to Golden State. Uh, congratulations on, you know, just, you know, what, eight or nine years ago, they shocked the world as an eight seed beating the Dallas Mavericks as a one. Welp, now they're the one. And they, they are number one with a bullet after 73 wins in the regular season. And of course, if they go through the playoffs and pick up another 16 and win the NBA title, that would be 89 wins. Almost, they almost could have gotten 90, but it'd be 89 wins. And again, that would be the most in a season, including the playoffs, obviously, um, for one NBA team. So one more time, hats off. To the Golden State Warriors. Um, that will do it for us here, I believe, on the A Foreign Affair Podcast, episode 102. Uh, thank you, everybody out there. Thank you so much for joining us here today. Um, Casey gave us a listen because he found us on Facebook, facebook.com slash show. That's our sister show. Uh, thank you for starting to listen to us. Hopefully uh, you like what you hear. Sorry if you just started listening to us that you didn't get Wes this week. Uh, he'll be back next week, though, like we said. And uh, we'll have a lot of fun next week. Uh, we'll recap the Premier League. Um, we'll talk about the Champions League and Europa League draw. We'll obviously talk about the Europa League finals. Uh, and by finals, I mean the final scores from these uh, second leg matches that are taking place on Thursday. And uh, we'll have more news and notes. We'll have another big story to get to. And, uh, of course, another watch for. And the return, the glorious return of So Raw. So um, that's usually how we finish it up here. Uh, you can catch us on Twitter at AFA Pod at NGSC Sports. Uh, he's at West Bradshaw 21. I am at Edward Green. You can also find our sister show, the All New Sports Show, on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and email us allnewsportshow at gmail.com. Mail us letters and parcels to 1701 Sunset Avenue, Suite 201, Rocky Mountain, North Carolina, 2780. Four. Uh, finally, one more big shout out to NGSC Sports and NGSCSports.com. We never stop, but this podcast is about to. Uh, it's also brought to you by Podbean.com, the iTunes Music Store, Stitcher Radio, Spreaker Radio, the TuneIn Radio app, and iHeartRadio, and many other podcast listening applications. So that will do it. Uh, congratulations one more time to the Golden State Warriors. Wes, I will see you next week here as I will see all of you on the Foreign Affair podcast. Have a great weekend, everybody. And that will do it. What is Doris Burke asking Steph Curry? I mean, if you think about it, this is like, this is a little Patriots going into FU mode and going 16-0, and 0, you know, back about 10 years ago. No, not that long. It's almost 10 years ago now. Almost 10 years ago. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Crazy.
You're listening to NGSC Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSCSports.com where you can get awesome analysis for all things sport. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, head to NGSC Sports' YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSC Sports and like us on Facebook. NGSC Sports. We never stop. 